Prince Hakeem face. <laughs> Yo, this is a uh, this is my brother um, from the homeland for real. For this real, nigga real. is from the homeland for real, for real. Um, my guy from elementary school, uh, junior high school, high school. We'll get into all the old shenanigans, but my guy Vic is in the building. What's up? What's sir? up? It, it's a pleasure to finally get you uh, up here in a hot seat. No, nah, it's a, it's it's my pleasure, man. It's my pleasure to be be able to talk to you on this platform, man. What's good? Uh, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. Uh, I, I wanted to have conversation with you about a bunch of things that I feel like me and you vibe on on just a general level. But before I do that, I'm gonna do an icebreaker. It's your first time up here. Okay. I don't want to be um. I don't want to be that kind of host. But first time up here, do a little icebreaker for you. Answer the first thing that comes to your mind. You don't have to overthink anything. I want you to be you. I want you to be real, raw, authentic. Uh, and like I told you before, I'll never lead you down a street that uh, ends in a dead end. Here we go. All right. If you could sing a duet with anyone, who would it be? And I said sing on purpose. If I could sing a duet with anybody, who would it be? Yep. It only could be one person, right? Um, Rihanna. <laughs> that, that actually kind of fire. I ain't even gonna hold you. Hey, <laughs> Rihanna. I ain't gonna hold you. Um, I'm gonna go to opposite end of the spectrum and we'll, we'll see this uh, dynamic. I'll go Chris Brown, just because you said Rihanna. Just because. It just feels like it fits. <laughs> feels like it fits. So, so, yeah. That's the energy I want you to <laughs> That's bad for you. All right. Uh, what's the scariest sound you could hear in the middle of the night? The scariest sound I could hear in the middle of the night? Um... I it depends, right? But like, if the if I'm if I'm home alone, and I know that I'm by myself in my crib, I guess something unlocking. But um, what the but something that would be crazy is something in like a closed area. Like if I'm in my room and and it's dark and I'm sleeping, and I just hear something like in the closet or something. That that that'll be a little off to me. Okay, so I'm going to ask you, because this is a follow-up, has nothing to do with that. Do you turn uh, full bitch and go paranoid, or what do you do? <laughs> nah, I don't I don't go. I, I get up, because I feel like if you think about it, you should, uh, if whatever you think of, you should, you should clarify in your mind. So I'm not like a lazy type person, like, you know, like if I'm sleeping, I don't want to get up to check if something's wrong. So I guess it's like a protector attitude. So I'll get up and if I think about it, I feel like I'm an idiot if I don't go and, and clarify if it's right or if it's wrong or if there's something there or not. You know what I mean? Just so I could go back to sleep on the right on the right side of the pillow. Mine would be, um, and this has happened to me a bunch of times where like, you know, those stupid little shower caddies that stick to the, the wall. Four? <laughs> yes. If, one, if anything makes a loud noise, 
like because I'm a light sleeper anyway. So if anything makes a loud noise and it startles me, yeah, it, it don't matter what it is. But if it if it sound like yeah, those ain't kids, <laughs> right? Or, or that's not Tiff. Yeah, that's going to cause me to jump up. And there's been several times when I've jumped up not knowing what fell, but I heard that noise and went to the kitchen and grabbed the uh, the big boy out the the, the <laughs> knife joint just. To, just investigate <laughs> what the hell's happening. Yeah, I got to investigate. Yeah, I feel, like, uh, I feel like when you're in those movies and stuff, like, and you see people just like, like sit up halfway on their elbow in the bed and then look over, and the next thing you know, they just roll back over and go to sleep. You're like, yo, get up, go see what that was. I always feel it. like that. You know what I mean? You can call them by name. White people do that. <laughs> yeah, <bro. laughs> white people be doing that all the time. Uh, what slogan or jingle got stuck in your head forever? What what slogan or jingle got stuck in yep. my head forever? Um, damn, I can't even think. I can't even think of that. It's it's probably something hip hop, but not slogan and jingle. I guess like like what do you mean? It's, I give you mine. I give you mine, and then maybe it'll jar your. Um... You asked an African about a jingle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was about to start singing some old African music, y'all. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Tell me what you do. Salino and Barnes and jury attorneys. Raymore Flanagan? Oh, no, that's not Raymore Flanagan. That's those two lawyers, right? Yeah. See. Yeah. Um, what was it? I can't. I can't think of one right now. But it's um, one of those commercials when we were younger that they used to just say the numbers, like the the phone numbers in the um. But I can't remember it right now off the top of my head. Like like J G Wentworth. I'm not even going front that dumb um not dumb but like that um yeah that dumb um little Romeo joint I I C D C that. <laughs> <laughs> I even go front. That used to get stuck in my head. If I see that on TV, it got stuck in my head. Like ICDC, you know what I mean? It's funny because I don't even know what ICDC stands for, but I just know it's a school. You know what I mean? Fam, I don't know what it stands for either, but I guarantee you, whoever's listening to this will hear that song in their head for the rest of the day. You're welcome. Yeah, um, ICDC. You're welcome. I, apply right now, ICDC. <laughs> 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 but yeah, for sure that got stuck in my head. Like, if I can remember it now, I haven't seen that commercial in over a decade. This joint's gonna lead us into one of our first topics. But when you were a kid, did you have any posters on your wall? And if so, what were they? <laughs> Still have posters on my wall. So <laughs> nah, but um, yeah, I had first of all, I had all I have all hip hop pictures on my wall growing up, you know, and you start start off and um of course like I start off with Tupac and then I got like Harlem section, Queen section. So I got Nas, I got Harlem, I got um Cam and them and then Fabulous and Biggie and them in the Brooklyn section. And then I got a whole wall kind of like, you know what I'm saying, just dedicated to Jay-Z. I was I, about to say there's one name you haven't said that I'm kind of shocked at. But I got a whole okay. I got a whole wall dedicated to Jay-Z and and then I got um I got a um a mural of like African, like um, of Africa, the continent, and all the things that I wanted to instill in it. 
with all the leaders that I read their 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 autobiographies and what I feel that like I want to contribute to the continent. So that's like what's on my wall. You know what I mean? So, all right. Jay Z Jay Z by far got the most posters in my wall, but like the most like credibility in and um Tupac right after that is had had the most posters up. I had um my wall was all sports. Uh, I had the Penny Hardaway poster because that was my guy. Yeah, Penny. I had a Penny. I had Penny. I had a um, bunch of AI posters. I had uh, Dunk of the Dunk of the Week or Dunk of the Month from Slam. Oh yeah, yeah. And then I had the the King magazines weren't on wall, but yeah. So anyway. <clears throat> You know what's funny though that, that you mentioned that dunk of the week. I have you remember from the Source magazine, the last word. Yeah, though they had the cartoon at the back of every end of every Source magazine. I got a, a part of my wall where it's just a bunch of them on there, and that's funny because I think about it now. People won't probably even remember what that is. Oh no, nah, the, the last word drink was. Um, I used to check like when a magazine came out. I would check the main. The cover person, what the main, like, what that story was, um, depending on if it was, like, music or sports, artists that was up next. Yeah. Of course, you go to the uh, the album gradings, what got five mics, what didn't. But right. last word was definitely one of those other things that I checked for right before I got to the fake uh, watches. <laughs> 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 In the back. Why you put a fake watch? Yeah, yo, the fake watches, man. That's funny. The Jacob looking ones. Twenty. You couldn't. You couldn't tell me that I wasn't going to get a what was that, a Techno Marine. You yeah, couldn't tell me. Marine. You couldn't tell me I wasn't going to have six of them joints. <laughs> yo, <laughs> yo, honestly, same here, yo. Same here. I remember those. Those were crazy back in the day for us. I probably would have went to my African Connects on Twenty Eighth Street. You know how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> if you're from New York City, you know how, you know how that goes. Gucci, Gucci, Prada, Prada. I have it all for you. You know. So yeah, yo, yo, them them niggas down on Twenty Eighth, but also on uh, Canal Street. Yeah, nigga, the print didn't even look the same. It, like it be, it was supposed to be a Louis bag, but the print didn't look nothing like. <laughs> And you just be like, fam, stick the t-shirts. All right, just give me five tees and let me get on about my business. Yeah, the t-shirts is the big, at least for me, that was always the go-to, man. Thank yeah. God for growth. Uh, I remember my father couldn't understand why my wardrobe, I wanted to consist of nothing but 3XL tees. 3XL white tees and uh, jeans that were three, four sizes too big. Yeah, I, I, I still don't. I'm not even going front. Sometimes when I look back at pictures, I'll be like, yo, what was I even thinking? Thinking that that was all right. But you Fam, I guarantee you, everybody who grew up, not even in New York, but if you grew up in the South, you grew up in that era of cash money and all that other stuff. You wore the baggy T-shirts and the ridiculously long uh, baggy jeans for no reason. And then you thought you were really changing the game when you didn't get the the wide tees, but the long. The long ones. Yeah. Yeah. Idiots. Oh, every single one of us. We're idiots. Yeah. Dressing like that. For real. But um, in terms of 
hip hop and music and stuff you had on your wall. Did you catch the BT Awards? No, I did. What the BT Hip Hop Awards? No, I did not. Yeah, the Hip Hop Awards. Don't worry no. about it. It wasn't nothing that crazy. Only reason why I ask you is because they've been trying to make a big push to make uh, BT Awards like more prominent amongst our people. Like because they, they keep saying that the Grammys do us dirty, uh, the Oscars do us dirty, and all these other things. So people have been trying to. Um, people have been trying to use the route of making the Black award shows, uh, putting some more respect behind the award shows. Like before uh, your BT awards, your hip hop awards, you would get a Jay sighting, you would get a Beyonce sighting, and then they just stopped. And then they opened the door for people to kind of like be like, yeah, if these niggas don't care about the award show, why should we? Right. But I, I got a question, right? What puts respect on that? What, what do, how do we define the respect that you're going to put on the award? You know, like, what does the... I don't know exactly for sure because I'm not in the entertainment business all the way. I don't know what the actual Grammys and Oscars, what kind of doors or what they validate to people's career and to their actual um, work after they win an award like that. But I think that's like where it comes down to, right? Like if you win a BET award, hip hop, regular, whatever, or you win an MTV VMA award, like, I don't know, after you win a, a Moon Man or whatever from MTV, from the VMAs, what does that open up for you? Like, does that give you more uh, segues into movies? Does that give you more like tours around the world? Do you become more famous and internationally opposed from that? And then if you do win those, um, those kind of awards for BET, right? Like, then what does that open? What, what does that open up for us as, as a black community? Like, what are we validating, and what are we saying to the to our black artists that are out there that they feel like they should be taking that as more serious than the Grammys? You know, I feel you. I'll answer your questions, and I'll I'll answer your first questions, and I'll come back to the second part you just said. Okay. But mostly for like your Grammys and your Oscars and all that other stuff. Um. If you're Grammy nominated or if you even win a Grammy, the price goes up on some Fat Joe <laughs> yesterday's price. It's not today's price. Yeah. Word. Your, your record company, your management, um, your agent, they now use that as uh, negotiating ploys to get your next deal, whether it be um, sponsorships, whether it be your, your next huge tour. Um, it's basically trying to make sure if you put, if they say Oscar, Oscar winning, Oscar nominated, uh, Emmy, win, Emmy award winning, when your agent or whoever leads with that to the higher ups, it's supposed to say, okay, well, I'm demanding this type of bag and here's why I can do that. Okay. Now on a flip side, how, what that looks like for Black people, after we win BT Awards and uh, VMAs and all that other stuff, hasn't been outlined yet because they're still looked at as the second tier. Like okay. every artist talks about, I need to win a Grammy. Like when Drake got up there and gave his speech and said, yo, fam, this ain't really nothing. Like, don't, don't, don't spend your life uh, trying to chase this. Like, this this ain't nothing. And right. 
he got in a lot of uh, trouble for that because artists uh, before that was the pinnacle. It was the end all be all. Like this was, you worked your whole career uh, for this moment. Like in sports, if you won a championship, yeah, cool. Right. Uh, when you go to negotiate your contract, the next go round, yeah, you're gonna put a little bit more respect in my name when you talk to me because I'm a I'm a NBA champion. If I'm an MVP or I'm a Finals MVP, you're gonna put a little bit more respect in my name than if I was just the nigga on a bench that uh, kept my street clothes on the entire year and got a ring because I played alongside LeBron or Steph Curry. Right. So I don't think it has been clearly defined like what winning these things will do for black actors outside of maybe a a Tyler Perry spot or something. I don't know, but that hasn't been defined in terms of uh, what happens after we get a BET award or whatever have you. Hopefully, uh, I don't want to call them gatekeepers, but the people, the black entertainers that have those high powers, your ditties, your Ava DuVernay's, your, uh, this lady's name just slipped, but your Kenya Barris's, like th- these people that are starting to make some noise in that realm, you're, even your 50s. Um, right, right. Hopefully what it does is they start doing stuff and saying, oh, you did this? All right, come on, come rock out. Let me give you a, let me give you a series or let me give you, um, I got a little Netflix deal. Let me put you in on something like that. Hopefully, exactly. that's what we see. Okay, that's a good. That's a good aspirations for you to at least at least to validate the awards from us, right? Because I feel like our people are always going to be to the point where it's not like we care what white people actually think as far as like yo what they think about us because we have our own pride for ourselves. But there's something about taking away their awards because they told us that we're not allowed to do something, do a lot of things for so long, you know. So right. I think that's another part of the Grammys or the Oscars taking over. It's like for so long that you, you're not to say that we actually believed it, but that was the narrative that was put out there that black people actually can't really do this or do that or as good as white people and stuff like that. So gaining the Grammy and gaining an Oscar validated us on that kind of level as well, you know? So I don't know, hopefully they'll maybe hopefully the, the level of actually, the level of our standard will be like, no, let's get a, Let's make it. Let's make it so we could do a BET award. I'm all for awards. I like awards. You know what I mean. I think awards. Who doesn't? I think awards mean something. So, and, and that's this is this wasn't even meant to be this type of conversation in this regard. But I'm glad we're here. Um, yeah. yeah, it should be a point where those people, uh, Tyler Perry, gives people a shot, no matter what walk of life you're from. But the the black. Americans that run Hollywood, well, not run Hollywood, but have a good grip on yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. They should be the ones that say, um, oh, hey, you, you got this award um, on BT programming or Soul Train or anything. Oh, you got this award? Boom. Here's these roles for you. Like, because as opposed to us looking for that validation and then going to them to try to get roles that wasn't for us no way yeah you know? I, I would love to see that type of um that type of camaraderie amongst the elite um black celebs in terms of let, let's really do let's push this now let's let's put our money together and push these push like just black culture right. i would love to see that right 
100%. But I'll read you right quick um, the list of winners, and it just seems kind of not crazy, but it's almost like, okay, I see what y'all are trying to do. Um, best lyricist, J. Cole. Best song, WAP. Best album, Tyler's Joint. But I feel like Tyler's album was dope, but because he got the uh, LL Cool J, um, like, influential award or whatever have you, I feel like that was them trying to make sure, okay, well, we're not just going to have you show up to the show, but we're going to, like, give you some stuff. Okay. Um, yeah, best video, WAP. Best cultural influence, like I just said, Tyler. Uh, best new artist, Young Blue. Hustler of the Year, Sweetie. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, don't worry about it. I'll skip right away. Best collab, <laughs> again. Um, best best artist, Lil Baby. Best producer, Hit Boy. Best live performance, Tyler. I got a beef with. Um, I, I feel like there are other rap artists that give dope performances and he may not be liked amongst the, the us blacks anymore but Kanye definitely gotta have a better nod as performer okay. for hip hop okay but does that count for does that count for this this cycle or does that gonna count for like Don the next cycle whatever you whatever because even if it wasn't um, Don the Disciple, if it was uh, Jesus is King, even with, with before he started doing the Sunday services, him taking the um, the old songs and then remaking them and like singing with a choir, like something got to be said to that effect. I, I like I said, I, Tyler's dope, but best performer, I don't know. I I I, I all right, you know what? I'll probably. I got to defend Tyler a little bit because this is kind of like his coming of age, right? For his, um, his performances, his music and everything in that kind of regard, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. for me, so for me, like after coming out with three, four albums, I'm not gonna, I'm not quoting any facts here, but I'm just saying like his music has been like, like this album is really good. He does deserve that. And he has, we, we don't fact check up here anyway. So you're good. We don't, we don't I'm just saying that. like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> He has ushered a culture too, like of those odd future kids for that for that long. And then his influence has been in a lot of people's music, ASAP Rockies and all of that. So he deserves that L Kuj Award too. And if you ever watched the um Tiny Desk performance from um Tyler the Creator, it's one of the best ones. I mean, they have a lot of great ones up there, right? But it's one of the best ones that that I saw as well. And then I saw another performance when he was like, you know, I guess they they had him in some kind of water. For one of his performances re- recently, I'm not sure exactly where it was, but he was playing the piano and doing all of that stuff and rapping his, his song and lumberjack and all of that stuff. And I, I don't know. I thought it was crazy. You know, I thought it was fire. You know what I mean? And so because I think it's because I thought it was fire because he actually plays these instruments and does what he does. But you're right. Kanye always on another level. He's a juggernaut when it comes to performances. Right. He kind of changed the game. Yeah, um, he changed the game of performances in general, especially with those different type of stages that he built for each of his album, regardless of whatever we want to talk about, his taking his black card away or whatever for some of the stuff that he does. But yeah, he, he was crazy with the way that he um, he runs his concerts. So I could see your beef with that. And um, for Saweetie, 
I don't know. Travis, Travis Scott wasn't really bugging out like that with all of this collab that he had and all of the different sneakers from Nike and then McDonald's. Like she was the hustler over Travis. I, I think because she got the 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 mail from McDonald's, she got the. So the, did he? Right? He had. A, he did. He yeah. did. And he, he had did. the sneaker. He had the Cactus Jack sneaker for Nike that came out on sneakers, and um, he also has. I mean, there's a lot of other collabs that he has too that I could just, I really can't really like say off the top of my head, but I just remember, oh yeah, Travis Scott's going to be involved with this and then McDonald's and then Nike and then he's coming out with his own whatever, you know? So I'm like, but I mean, I guess I understand she, I guess she has been, she has been hustling. I'm not going to take nothing away from her. I'm not going to take nothing from her either, but I wouldn't call her hustler of the year if your label was putting you in position to get different, um, different sponsor deals. Like that's not, I wouldn't see that as hustling. If like you had a dope song that was out, you you did um, track with Doja Cat, who's probably right. on fire in terms of just artists that's always charting. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say like that's that's the people behind. That's the that's the label. I'm, I can't say you hustle a year for that, but I, I'm not knock. I'm not knocking it, but I can't give you an award that should go to the people with the labels and the suits that's saying, "Hey, we got you this deal. Hey, we got this check for you. Hey, but I can't. But whatever, hustle a year. I'm gonna keep going. Uh, best duo group, Baby and Dirk. Okay. Best video director, Missy. Uh, I think Tiana Taylor should have probably got a nod there. Uh, Impact track, What It Feels Like, Nipsey and Hove. Best DJ, DJ Scheme. Best feature verse, Jay-Z, What It Feels Like. Mm. Uh, And Nelly got the I Am Hip Hop Award. Right. (laughs) Your word. Um, they already gave the I Am Hip Hop Award to Nas. Probably. I don't know when they started this I Am Hip Hop. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't watch the awards much outside of the cycles. Me, and me. this year, yeah, this year I was like, yeah, let me actually watch the awards and see like if BT was going like because they've been. It looks like they've been trying to be in tune with uh, not just current times, but like social media and the advances like it's not the same award show that we would get anywhere else right okay so i'm thinking okay well let me watch this bt they've been killing these little award shows recently they, they're gonna finally get it right with the hip-hop awards yeah i i kept turning back and forth because it just <laughs> i did i did i did enjoy uh rap city being back yeah he had he had a little portion on there no, nah, they're actually bringing Rap City back. Um, right, I saw a little Tigger. I saw Tigger. I said little Tigger, big Tigger. <laughs> <laughs> so big Tigger, he had the new set. He had the booth in the back. He had the big couch. I was hyped about that. Only thing that I'm kind of, eh, is a lot of these newer cats, I wouldn't um, put in a booth or a freestyle or anything. I, like, when I think of Rap City and the basement, I think about like iconic booth appearances, like Cam counting money, right? 
is up there. Wayne, Wayne going, uh, Wayne going crazy in there is up there. Uh, Luda flaming yep. the booth every time he went there. <laughs> every time, every like, time. That that's what I'm thinking. Like, so if you ain't gonna get like niggas that can actually rap in the booth, I, I'm not interested in hearing these little little niggas or like. You know what yeah. it is, though? I do. I think that the fact that you could go on different podcasts and interviews and then as an artist, ex- like especially like an MC, right, escape the fact that you have to rap, you know, is something that was started to get missing from the game. So I think there's it's kind of I feel you. I'm on the same wave as you. Like I grew up in that everywhere, you know, like lyricists and MCing was everything. And then coming there and showing proven as soon as you see the mic and no matter what beat drop, you got to hold it down. But like when you take that away from the element and I can just go to a different podcast and just talk about my life and different like social media, like rumors and scenarios, it takes away the stress of having to think about a rap or actually spitting a hot bar, you know, or having one in the clip for later on, just in case somebody puts me on the spot. So hopefully they introduce that element back into the interviewing process for hip hop. You know what I mean? And then going to Big Tigger, even if it is just them making a pre-made song, at least they're going to have to spit it live and it's going to have to be ill. It can't be like with the song in the background. It's like, you know, so hopefully, yeah. hopefully we do get some kind of good content from people going in the booth and them editing it and they actually spin. Cause I could see little baby or dirt going in there and making like a, a one time song that you would have to go back to the basement to keep on rewatching if it was fire, you know? Yeah. And that was, that used to be dope about, uh, freestyles and all this before uh i'm gonna sound like old man get off my lawn uh like before (laughs) social media and before like videos like we didn't care if you spit a freestyle that was actually a written um a written verse from like something uh, a a feature that you were gonna do or something that you were gonna lay out that right like we didn't care it was just like oh this nigga's going crazy now it's like oh yeah, the sound written like I hate the the hip hop commentators that we have now in terms of just you, you the people who ruin. J Cole said it best: "Y'all ruining rap with your two minute listens." Yeah, yeah, so, you know, and you know, Jay Z said that too, right? In his Breakfast Club interview, he was like, "There's no way you can actually say an album's a classic ten minutes after it comes out on a streaming platform." Like, you know, he's like, "You got to sit down and let and digest the lyrics and digest the music and even understand the concepts and what links to what on what part of the album." You know, he was like, and he's like, "That's why he doesn't really even care." He said, "Doesn't care what the critics really say like that." Like, especially when it just immediately has a, uh, a review on social media about 50 minutes after his album comes out. He's like, how did you digest all of that? Nigga, there, um, there are songs that I've listened to my entire life that if I hear now, I'll still find something like, oh, snap, wait, what? Mind you, it's a song I can know word for word, but yep. I can hear it differently now and be like, oh, wait, what definitely definitely for me big time for me but, big yeah man one of the things that can't get ignored um is how fat Joe lost his verses and has taken a better route in a loss 
then we've seen like Fat Joe when he, he did the recap for Dipset Locks. Yesterday's price is not it's today's, not today's price. price. Yeah. Nigga got up there and lost to Ja Rule, and we have not <laughs> seen, we've seen Fat Joe do nothing but just keep excelling and going upwards. He doing uh, tea time at Khaled's house with Drake. Right, nigga, right. Nigga got Diddy and JD on Instagram live. It's like, yeah, he didn't just up. Yeah, it's not being talked about enough, but Fat Joe deserves some type of uh, Teflon, for real, Teflon Don. Yeah, Teflon Don, yeah, because he also said that crazy line. He also said that crazy line to um, Vita and um, Lil Mo. And and through all of that, he still elevated right after the verses. So that's kind of he, he apologized, kept it moving. He apologized. No one is talking about the fact that he lost. Nobody. No yeah, he did lose. He did lose. He lost. He lost the second half really bad. So, and and Ja, I mean, Ja just has a bunch of hits and, you know, kind of hit him with a lot of, you knew what Ja was coming with. So, I think he tried to match Ja on that level and he kind of made a mistake on that level. When Ja threw Murdergram out there. Right. And like the first five rounds, I said, oh, it's going to be a long night for Fat Joe. Right. And on top of that. You know, I don't even think Ja, like, the some of the songs, I think Ja is smart enough, like, he didn't put out some of the songs that I felt like he should have actually performed that, but I think he's waiting just in case ever he got to go against somebody who was more of a, like, a threat to him. He kept those in the bag. Like, I got a story to tell. The the beginning of um Vidi Vedvici, he, he didn't he didn't um, perform that song at all. He didn't perform. He had another song with JC called Hit Em All. Hit em all. He didn't perform that. Like, there was a lot that he didn't perform, and I was like, yo, you could, those are just easy. Like, we all remember those. Like, you could just get him up out of here with that. And there was a couple of ones from Rule 336 that he didn't perform either. And I was like, oh, all right, he's waiting for, like, another competitor to come up who has, like, a, hard, a hardcore um, fan base so he could perform some of these thugged out songs, you know? Yeah, the only instance where you get um... – I say almost like a, a dual performance um, would be somebody with a catalog like a Dr. Dre or a whole, because you can't just do 20 songs. Even no. with uh, even with Diddy and Jermaine Dupree, if that ever were to go down, can't be 20 songs because they got too much stuff to pull from. Then, then it's not going down, right? Diddy's not, he's no. not, um, he's not agreeing to that, right? Fam, hell no. No. Nah. No, I I mean, he shouldn't, man. I mean, I know all these people are trying to go back and forth about this New York, um, Atlanta thing. I was talking to other people about this. Like, Versus is one of those kind of things, man. Like, yo, I went to school in South Carolina for college for one of my my degrees, right? And at at that point in time, bro, like... Flex on these niggas! One of my degrees! Flex on these niggas! Nah, I'm just... Saying like you know, if I at that time like there's a lot of people from down south that I had no clue, and then when living out there, I started to understand the culture, and I got you know I got hip. I went to performances, and I kind of thought they were cool. If there's songs down there from Ti and from Jeezy or from like Pastor Troy anywhere, you know that when they come on down south in those clubs, 
they go absolutely crazy, and they would never care if PSA came on or what up, gangster, <laughs> or if Victory came on. Like, it's not gonna hit the same. Like when we were at home and Victory comes on, or who shot you, we lose our mind. You know what I mean? Or Benjamins, whatever. You know, if you're in the right mood and you went to a concert to see that, and that comes on, it's over. If you're in New York, but if you go down south and you play that and they play a song from like T.I., like a song like they only care about, you know what I mean? Like ASAP or one of those other songs that he got on um his um his first album, I'm Serious. They're not going to care what this guy, what anybody from up here plays. So I feel like it's kind of crazy for J.D. to be like he want to go head to head with, with um Diddy. It would have to be somewhere neutral. And there is nowhere neutral because Diddy. Kinda... I was about to say, where, what, what's neutral outside? Because Atlanta wouldn't even be neutral. Yeah, that's all JD. What's neutral? You can't and go LA, to New York. LA, either. LA, because I go think... to Miami. No, they can't because that's the South. So if you go to LA, Diddy kind of got that unlocked too. So it's kind of, you know, like he doesn't have it unlocked, but he got it more unlocked than he got anything else down South. So. If he goes and he plays his music there, J- people might not even know what they're talking about with JD. Like, from especially I don't know, like the the age group that's actually identified with JD on the West Coast. I have no clue. You know what I mean? But you but, can't even go to Miami either because Puff got Puff got Miami Puff, too. Puff is crazy. Puff got too much down there. I mean, he'll have Rick Ross and them come out because he was part of that whole like you know group of making them come up hot. So I don't know. You know. And Puff kind of sneaks, if you think about it, Puff sneaks his way in and talks and executive produces so many people's album on a low, you have no idea. I mean, he executive executive produced American Gangster from Hope. Like, you know, like what if he puts, what if he just feels like throwing on one of them songs from there, like Rock Boys? Like, I don't know, you know, it's crazy, bro. He's crazy. He's a juggernaut. I mean, I know Dr. Dre's on on another level, on some other level, but that's the only level I feel like Puffy's on a playing field, unless we talking Pharrell and Kanye and all, like that's all up there for debate, you know? I would love to see uh, Pharrell, yay, but Pharrell would get Kanye out of here. I, I mean, I don't know, man, but you're right. I mean, Pharrell is a different type of alien. Yeah, Pharrell would get Pharrell, Kanye out of here. I think Pharrell could get a lot of people out of there. And the people just, 100%. But I think Kanye can too. So it just depends. You know, it's also about the selection, right? So, and, and you know what's crazy is that uh, with it being about the selection, like take the Fab Jadakiss uh, versus, for instance. Yeah. Fab has too many songs that he left off the table that should have been played. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, you, you didn't know you was coming outside for, like, a, 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 like niggas, 20 of your best records, not your personal favorites, not right. your, your DJ's personal favorites. Play the joints that's going to shake the room. He he also, for Fab, Fab didn't court, yeah, you know, like, those dudes, like, Jada kissing them are, are seasoned vets on a whole nother type of, like, sinister level, you know? And Fab is like more of the laid back dude. So he kind of felt like his DJ didn't have to be prepared like that. He didn't really comb through all his mixtapes and select, put it in a way where Jadakiss did this, he would have to rebuttal with that. So Jadakiss, as we can see, 
he didn't only do it to Fab. He went out there and did it to the set too. He did it to Dipset. Like he went out there. Like, these guys are like you know orchestrated hitmen when it comes to MCing. So it's like you really like Fab. Fab had a and also I don't think I don't know how many I know for my in my idea Jadakiss has been doing it a lot longer and his response about the growing of hip hop of feeling the crowd and knowing for him to be able to do certain freestyles and know it's gonna hit. It's, it's, it's like crazy, you know, because most people think of, the, think of that as a gamble. And J, Jadakiss will be like, all right, I'm going to do this freestyle. And I guarantee you the whole crowd going to go crazy right after I do that. I'm going to do this song. And I think Fabulous, that he didn't, he didn't know how much of those different type of mixtapes that we loved and we would have loved to hear. You know what I mean? And he left yeah. out. He, he, left he, the- he, left, he left stupid stuff on the table that should have been played. Um are you here for the KRS Big Daddy Kane? Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, it's not like I was even here speaking English when they when they was out doing <laughs> thinking anything. But I, I love, I mean, I, I some retrograde stuff. Like I went back and I definitely listened to KRS and Big Daddy Kane. And yeah, I think it's I think it's important that they do it. Not only I think it's a must that they do it because they really were rocking out in the park. You know, yeah, man. they they were the uh, reason why. The, even the stage and the theater and the stadium ever came into play. They were the ones that would, they were the ones people were yelling, hey, yo, outside the window, like, yo, they're they in a the park bugging right now. You know? Yeah. So I think it's a must that they come out and they do their songs because even when you listen to their songs right now, it still got that feel to it. Like, I'd be in the room, like, the South Bronx, the South South, I'd be bugging out. <laughs> now, like, I wasn't even out there, you know? But I just, it got that feel to it. Like, so, and then Big Daddy Can, I think he's incredible. And also the 5% of God body, that, that knowledge itself and everything like that, what they bring to the table when they rap about those kind of stuff, it's going to be more than just like a versus, you know, it's going to be like a history, it's going to be a history lecture in, in rhythm form of hip hop. Yeah. Um, you threw it up there for me, so I'm just going to take it and run with it. And uh, this, this can be a nice segue. But uh, history lessons, none greater at giving uh, a master class, if you will. Who? At, I said none greater at giving a master class, if you will, at uh, comedy. Dave Chappelle. Oh yeah, man. He yo, he kind of slipped it in there too, right? On that, on um, on his special, he's like, yo, man, like I'm the goat. <laughs> like yo, he said that and. I appreciate the subtle flex, but it's it's true. Yeah, some yeah. people will say the goat. Like he he said it in like, yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I give the man his respect. Um, I will say with these six standups that he's done for Netflix, some of them were supposed to be funny. Some of them he was just like just talking, right? And you could hear like the like the passion what he was saying. Yeah, hands down. Man's man's got it, and his ability to take stuff that's super edgy and uh, should we say that he has this? I don't care. I'm untouchable. Y'all can't do nothing to me. I'm gonna say what I want, and people laugh, and we move on. Right. Uh, but if you haven't seen that, that might be my uh, my show at the end. I, I might change it, but yeah, uh, funny stuff from Chappelle. Um, Funny stuff also uh, from Kyrie Irving, who 
is refusing to do his job. Yeah, that that is crazy, man. Um, Kyrie Irving, I mean, well, for to mention the Chappelle first, yeah, he's the goat. His storytelling ability is none other is like nobody else has any kind of like has mastered it to that level. And then you know, to be a comedian is to be a storyteller, do it nonchalantly, but at the same time raise questions intellectually to have people find humor in it, you know? And yep. I feel like yep. Dave Chappelle is a master at that, you know? And bringing up serious topics that we all ponder about, we all talk about in the house, we all have our the ways that we think about it. And I think that it's interesting to have that dialogue, you know what I mean? But as a comedian, I guess like where we grew up is like, you're supposed to be out there saying the things that are supposed to provoke people you know, they're, they're like, they were always in my mind as you grew up, they were like the kind of people that just said things for humor, but it might be provocative. So you kind of give them a slide. You don't take them serious. It's kind of like when a, a comedian becomes like a late night um, talk show host and they yeah. say crazy stuff on their late night. You're like, all right, cool, whatever. You know, like they were already crazy before. So they were already saying crazy things before or things that, not crazy, but you know, things that were that were out there. So I feel like, um, I feel like he's a master at that and he's definitely the golden in my book, like, as, as of how I look at it, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah. Kyrie. Not just, I heard um, a comedian say before, um, it's funny because it's true. And a lot of times, <laughs> not, <laughs> like, when you think about it, like, if someone came out and made a joke right now about being locked up in the house and what niggas was doing during quarantine, people would laugh because it was like, yeah, I can see myself as like I, I can visualize what this thing is talking about because it that that was me. That, that I lived on a couch for a year, not uh doing anything, not going anywhere. Like people find humor and stuff that's there's some element of truth to, and he dances that line very uh, graciously. Right, like he called himself the man's a goat and. I don't know if uh, there's anyone that can challenge that today. Could have, could have in the past, but as of today, I don't know if there's anybody that could challenge uh, his his claim to that. Right. But your boy Kyrie, <laughs> yo, <laughs> that guy, man. I mean, I don't I, like. I mean, I don't understand it. But I mean, I do understand it. I, the only thing I, that's, I could say about that is if, if it's about the mandate, I could understand that on solely political reasons that you want to just do it for the mandate. But on every other level, scientifically, and just like, you know, like how I operate, I don't understand why you wouldn't want to take the vaccine. So that's it. That's here's my here's my beef with Kyrie, and it, you posted this in chat, and I said, "Yo, don't let me go on my rant." So I saved it for here. My thing with Kyrie is that I'm fine with you saying you want to be an activist, you want to stand up, and blah 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 blah. Retire then, walk away from the game, and do what you want to do on your terms. And I hate to sound like, but. You, you know, it's going to sound real uh, house nigga-ish, but like fam, you're getting paid to do a job. Right. They're telling you, in order for you to do this job, this is what has to happen. 
if you don't want to take the vaccine, all power to you. That that's your business. That like retire then, because if this is gonna, it's more distractions with Kyrie from from him leaving Cleveland to coming to Brooklyn. It's, it's distraction after distraction after distraction. And like I said, if your heart is really in being an activist and fighting for social change and all that other stuff, do that. I'm not saying shut up and dribble. No, not by no all means. But you're causing more of a distraction, missing games, uh, not showing up, not going to practice. Not let me let me run down right quick. <laughs> Here's where the, nah, because people people when I mean, they say if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. And yeah. uh Hove always said uh men lie, women lie, numbers don't. So Maybe I should break it down into numbers. Here's what Kyrie will lose this year alone if he opts not to get the vaccine. He won't be able to play any home games. So he'll lose $381,000. That's from missing home games. That may be a, a, a drop in a bucket for him being a millionaire. Okay, let's break it down further. Two preseason get two. Two, two preseason games will cost them seven hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, forty-one home games will cost him fifteen million dollars. Million. Two games in two games in the Garden will cost him another seven hundred and sixty grand. Yeah, that was interesting. Like, fam, why so much for against the Knicks? Right? It's crazy, fam. Some close to a million dollars, man. Bro, he'll lose his four hundred thousand in bonuses. Playoffs ain't even determined what that price tag would be like. But at the end of it, he's also risking the eligibility for his uh, extension. Of 187 million. If you want to be this activist, walk away from the game and fight social justice. I feel not to like say I'll respect you more for it, but you're you're causing a distraction. I get it. It's your right to choose whether you want to or not. I get it. People may feel a way about jobs mandating uh, people be vaccinated or not have employment. But it, it comes down to numbers. If you want to get paid, here's what we're saying you have to do. If you don't want to get paid, that's your choice. But you also have the choice to say, you know what? I quit. Yeah. You can't make me do X, Y, and Z. I quit. I, I Like I said, I kind of respect like him saying like he doesn't want to um, do it for mandating for the mandate purposes, because if you know, it's kind of one of those things like if they make you do one thing and make you do another thing and however his his um his theory goes and how, whatever he subscribes to. But on a real serious level, I think that he's also wealthy enough to have enough people do enough research. And, you know, if he doesn't want to start off the season in the beginning of October without getting the vaccine, I think he could do enough research on it and then he can get he could get a team on it and he can make a more validated um, decision based on what he feels is not his new knowledge and his consensus of the conclusion comes to. Because I don't feel like it's just I don't 
feel like you should you shouldn't at least come and talk to people in the public who want to see you play fans and let them know like you're rich you're Kyrie Irving you make over a hundred million dollars get a few doctors together let them do the research let them come to your house present all these peer-reviewed journals about how vaccines work how coronavirus works how it interacts with your body what's what's at stake for you not getting it what's at stake for other people if you don't get it and then you can make another um, base of decision on whatever you want but I feel like yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, it is a distraction, man. It's a distraction for your team and everything like that. But to him, it seems like it's bigger than basketball, but it's like always convenient for him if it's bigger than basketball. But, you know. It's always an inconvenience for everybody else, but convenient for him. And that's my beef with Kyrie. I've been saying it since he got into the league. The man shows up when he wants to. He never gives 100%. Like, he, he's not to go out there and uh, Kobe mentality where it's like, I'm going to show up every game. Kyrie will show up maybe if there's, let's say there's four games in a week, Kyrie will show up for one and a half of them if he wants to. The other two, he'll take off and be like, yeah, whatever. Not take off in a literal sense of not coming to the game. Well, he may even do that now too. But like, just, I don't want to play hard. I don't want to go after this. I'm like, it's just, fam. If I'm paying my money as a season ticket holder to the Brooklyn Nets on a premise of we got KD, we got Kyrie, oh, we about to be lit in Brooklyn. If I buy, if I spend my money for season tickets and I, who don't make 700 and something like thousand dollars for two days uh, doing anything, if I and working hard, pay my money, and now I come to watch my team play, and you're sitting out because you didn't want to take the back. Fam, that's not fair to me. You can right. do whatever you want as a grown man. It's your choice. I got it. But now it's not, like you said it perfectly, it's inconvenience now for me. It's, it's funny that um, it's convenient that it's, when it's for you, it's, oh, well, I needed the mental break and this, that, and the third. Fam, I'm all for that. But when do you start seeing the inconvenience that you're posing to everybody else? Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel you. I mean, the, you know, I, my one thing is that I would definitely want him to, when he gets to the point of the season, if he doesn't play, take – to just talk to us fans. I mean, I'm a fan of him, right? So I just want to know, like, yo, what is the reason why you the, – the reasons and the particular reasons on why you feel like you don't want to get it and then why, why you decided not to play? Because, I mean, I just don't want to hear, like, oh, I didn't want to take the jab because I didn't want to – I didn't want to get the vaccine because they don't know enough about it. Like, I mean, you're entitled to that, but I would like to know since, like, you know, you make so much money and, like, you're, you're a basketball player. And it kind of like you guys are like the ones who need to get the the vet. not you need but you you should get it like I, I don't know but then it's all kind of crazy when you think about it too. This is one thing I was thinking about was Magic Johnson played with AIDS. He played. People with didn't want to play with Magic too. He he played. I mean, now nah, he didn't play with AIDS. Let me correct that. He played with HIV. So that's my thing. Like, I mean, on certain levels, it's like, I mean, he, he, he could take that argument and go on a press conference and say that because 
but I know it's not a respiratory transaction. So it's not like you, you if you have HIV, as respiratory droplets is going to help make you contract it. It's not, it doesn't work like that. So the corona is completely different. But I mean, a scratch, a, like blood, anything, you know, something on that level is, is liability for that to, so I don't know. But I remember, um, I remember in the, the 90s, um, people were saying, I'm not going to play. Magic's <laughs> on the court, I'm yeah. not going to play. Yeah, there were people saying they didn't want to play. I forgot who was the main person who was like, yo, I play with him. But, it, you know, like, it just goes to show you that they actually allowed Magic to get back on the court with a disease like that at the time that was deadly with no care, you know, with, like, with like no interventional care. So, you know, you, you say something that's a point that I don't think people uh, are considering. Your average Joe Schmoes and other other flat earthers that say, I'm not going to get the vaccine if my job forced me to, great. You don't have the pocketbook that Kyrie has that can talk, like sit, literally have a face-to-face with doctors with an S. Have your team put the, I'm so glad you said that. Have your team put together a slew of people for you to talk to so that you can be educated. Everybody, every every regular Joe Schmo that works uh, shipping at Amazon or works the tractor for the stop and shop, nigga, you don't got that choice. Your, your job tells you, yo, either take the vax or you're out of here. Most niggas, all right, I guess I'm going to lose my, uh, lose my, lose my job. Right. Sorry, nigga, you have access to things we don't because of your celebrity one, but because you can afford to have conversations. And it's yeah. just, to me, it's, it's crazy to think in that regard that you have access to the information. We may not be privy to the information that you may be. If you're not in medical school, if you don't know nobody that's uh, in a medical arena to talk to about it, you may not have as much information. Kyrie, you're afforded the luxury of uh, your profession being able to put you face-to-face with some of the top um, doctors in the world. Yep. Yes, he does. And he can figure all of that out. And not even that, also the Brooklyn Nets can can um can offer him that that kind of information. They can um, set up a seminar, they can set up different type of meetings with him, and he can and you know, and then they could come to come some kind of consensus that they've they try to properly inform their um their their player, you know. Because maybe not to say like he doesn't have information coming from all over the place, but they could set out pamphlets or not even videos and renowned doctors and lectures for him to have a clear consensus of what think what, what's going on with the vaccine, what's going on with the actual disease, what's going on with the population. And um, so you can make a decision about it the, the way that he feels fit. But if you're an NBA owner after the season, do you take a chance on Kyrie? Or if you're even a Nets owner? If he if he goes out and sits out because he doesn't want to get back and he misses all of the home games and all that other stuff, next season do you say, hey, do you welcome him with open arms or do you are you like, I'm not doing this again? I mean, he already get it depends, right? I don't know how much his contract is left, how much he's left to make in his contract. I know I could find him, but yeah, I would. It's Kyrie Irving. I'll take an understanding to try to figure out something about it. I mean, he's a one of a kind player. So he's already done the worst. 
This season, he did the worst media-wise and everything like that as far as with the vaccine. He turned his back on the franchise and all of that kind of stuff. But on another level, if I could figure out a way to work something out with him where we could win a championship, then, you know, it's one of those kind of things. Because, yo, if you don't let Kyrie, if you don't let Kyrie have an understanding or some kind of exemption, then you can't fire other players for, for I, I don't know, like you can't go and, fi- and do things to or discipline other players because you don't have an open mind of, you know, like you don't have an open mind as an organization. That means like whatever, you, I mean, it's usually like that, right? Players have to do, live a certain kind of lifestyle, uphold a certain image, but I mean, you also want them to give them the freedom that they're allowed to make certain choices. And that's kind of like what America, that's what like America is kind of based on. Right. And that's what people kind of, and that's the whole thing about the mandates. Like this is, I, I'm not to say this is the first time they man, mandated people to do things because I mean, like I said, you get mandated to take vaccines for meningitis and things like that. And, and to get checked for tuberculosis when you work in hospitals, even prior to Corona and stuff like that, you know? So I don't, you know, it's not, it's not a brand new philosophy to mandate people to have certain um, parameters to help people in the work facility. But I mean, they're going to have to try to work something out with they're, they're a pioneer for a situation like this, that the organization. So yeah, I would want to get rid of him with ben, to Ben. Yeah. Like they said, they were trying to trade him to Ben Simmons, but with Ben Simmons to Philly, but um, <laughs> you know, the, one of the videos that always comes to my mind when I think of Ben Simmons, is after last year there was a fan in a parking lot and was talking about Ben Simmons and he called Ben Simmons a crumb bum. And every time I think about that video, I laugh about Ben Simmons. But yeah, I I, I wouldn't take my chances with Ben Simmons either. Yeah, they said they were going to trade him, and um, Kyrie was like, "If you trade me, I'm retiring." But you see, you see, you see how like. <laughs> Kyrie said, if you trade me, I'm retiring. So he just wants them to work something out with him. Or, And honestly, to Brooklyn Nets' defense, it's really not them that's making a big deal out of it. It's actually the state of New York that won't allow people to go in without play, going to closed facilities without a vaccine. So that's why he can't go. That's why he's going to miss all that money on the Knicks game as well. And I think LA is like that too. I don't know what other um, states are la- allowing people to just go into closed facilities and close doors with without vaccine passport or whatever it's called. Either they try. No, to LA is like that. Golden State's like that too. That's why dumbass <laughs> Andrew Wiggins got his act together because it was like, nigga, you you ain't gonna be in, and you're not. We're not letting you in. Andrew Andrew Wiggins, what he? Um, I know he said he wasn't taking it. But he actually took it. Yeah, he got back. Oh, he did. Wow. Yeah, he, he got back. I don't know what Kyrie's thinking, man. I mean, like, like I said, I feel like there's there's several different vaccines. There's one that's FDA approved. I think that is. I think he should take it, but that's just my opinion. I think he should take the vaccine and play. Yeah. Uh... I don't know, man. Um, I hope he gets his million dollar flat earth act together and <laughs> does something. Um, I'm going to let you cut out in a, in a, in a 
right before I let you cut up, though, I'm going to ask you for a show. Um, it's a thing we do up here. Give me a show or movie that you're watching or watched uh, so I can have these people that are working from home or working and uh, watching their Netflix on their phone while their boss is on a call um, fulfill their eight-hour shift. Oh, well, I mean, I, I had some time off now, so I watched, um, I recently watched Squid Game and I watched Raising Canaan and yeah, yeah. Squid Game, Raising Canaan. I also watched, um, what's the name of this one? The Wu-Tang series. Those are, those are good. Right, right quick before I let you go. If them niggas gave you the little PlayStation card and invited you to Squid Game, are you going? Never. <laughs> Never. Never. <gasps> I almost. I think I have. A, I have a lot of adventurous spirit in me, but um, that's too. That's too random. <laughs> that's too random. And I mean, for those who see, so who saw it or didn't see it, a little spoilers. But when it came down to the time when they had to pick the numbers, and the glass was either the hard glass or the or the fragile glass, and you had to like. <laughs> that there was no point of luck. There was no strategicness or anything in your mind that you could have done. Your whatever card that you that you pulled before you actually went on that bridge was that was it for you. The game was designed for one player to win. So, nah, I would never. Fam, um, I'm not gonna give any spoilers either. But I wouldn't want a niggas to vote to end the game. Damn that. Damn that. End the, end the game. Let's, let's, all, let's all go home. End you know game. what I mean? And then imagine after a whole bunch of craziness happened and then somebody vote, they all vote like after a couple of games, like you, you, you already experienced all that trauma. And then just the other fact of it, the other twist of it or everything like that, like when we talk about all of those like occult societies and stuff like that, you know, we're not going to get too deep into that, whatever. But when they were the guys with the mask and they were showing it, it's, it kind of makes you think like you don't need like I don't even know. Like I always think about that, that kind of stuff. Like, how do I know that's not happening right now? <laughs> how do I know I'm not in the game? Somebody's just watching me right now. I looked at Tiff and said, I believe there are people with that kind of money that would do that. Or if they're not doing it, like, we don't know if they ain't doing it. But I feel like there are people with that level of income that because I have the money to, yeah, I'll bet on an actual human person as if it were a horse at the racetrack. Yeah, imagine that. Imagine a person who's actually betting on countries. Damn. It gets deep like that, bro. There's somebody out there who has the capability to do that. Has so much money, power, and wealth, and connection that I think, I think 
You think this country is going to go against this country in the next 10 years? I'll raise you, I'll raise you 100 billion that it happens. Um, I'll tell you one thing. I ain't never losing a game of tug of war again in my life. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Niggas shouldn't have told me those secrets. Kidding me? Yo, yo, I would never go in there, man. I would never. There's no amount of money that 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 would have made me feel like I right. after I saw the first game and be like, what? I mean, I would always have a winner's mentality, but even like. I f- even the Marvel game with the guy and his wife, that's crazy. I told me, me, me and Tiff watched, and while they were picking partners, I looked at Tiff and I said, I don't know what the game is, so I would not be picking somebody that I got cool with because you don't know, right? That husband and wife joint, yo, <laughs> yo, yo. <laughs> would you? Would, would that would if that were you well you said you would have never taken the invitation but would you have been the one to walk back walk walk back like what do you mean by that in a situation with the husband and wife and we know what happened at the end uh, i'm trying not to spoil it for whatever but uh would that have been you that walked back in the doors at the end of the game If that was your wife, um, uh, uh, yeah, I don't even think I remember exactly what you're talking about. But the Marvel talk- game, the husband and wife, yeah, old boy was the one that came back at the end of the game. Would that have been you, old boy? The husband. Would you? Would you have let your wife go come back, or would you have come back to the doors? Oh yeah, he came back through the doors, right? He was crazy. He was crazy. I mean, yo, he. Ah, that's a crazy question. Damn, my wife. I don't even have one, but <laughs> for real, son, I don't even have one. Yeah, I mean, I. That's crazy. All right. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm like, if she didn't have kids for me or something like that, I don't know how. I, I don't think I would be as hard. I don't know. If I, I have, all right, I'm gonna, but, I'm gonna put you in a, 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 not a worse scenario, but a better <laughs> scenario. scenario. If that was your mom and your pops, who's walking back to the door? Yeah, my pops is definitely going to let my mom walk back. And that's what I'm saying. And I told Tiffany that same thing. I said, fam, there's no way in the world I would walk back through them doors like and been able to live with myself. Nah, if she had children, I wouldn't, it wouldn't have been a question. I just would have did what men do <laughs> and, and died. You know, I, that's it. I'd have got two good punches on one of them niggas in the mask. One of them niggas you know? shot me up tell you that much something like that like yeah you're not just about to pull that out get get out of here you good but you're not about to pull that out <laughs> like me <laughs> yeah you're not about to pull that out and clap me no way we gotta have a we gotta have some kind of resistance before that happens 
But yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wife, yeah, my wife, yeah. I, I wouldn't honestly. Whenever they say duet like that, I wouldn't have picked my wife. Especially the way the games were going. Damn, this is what I'm saying. Like, if you're watching the way things are happening, there's no way I'm like, yeah, me and you going to be part of the hell. No, I'm telling you, nobody I would have been cool with, I would have picked. Nobody I was cool with, I would have picked. No way. No way. <laughs> Yo. Yo, man, he walked back through the doors, yo. I looked at it. I looked at that guy. I'm like, oh, my God. The money. Yeah, between, between, between him and my nigga Wu, man. We'll, we'll get into my Sung nigga Wu at a different time. But. Sung Wu's on different timing, bro. He's, <laughs> he's on demon time, yo. I, I'm going um, I'm to I'm have you back up here to talk about my nigga Sung Wu at a different time. But. Boy. We gotta talk about that. We gotta talk about Raising Canaan. I mean, you watch Raising Canaan? I haven't seen the, the final couple episodes, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get into it because I started watching it and then I stopped for whatever reason. But I'm gonna get back into it. Uh, somebody got to get fifty his flowers because it seemed like he about to have a show on Netflix every month of the year, and that's kind of fire. Yeah. Is he's doing his thing? We'll talk about that next time too. I, I yeah, I, have a, I my hats is off to him. I commend him all the time, yo. He's a real crazy entrepreneur and hustler on another level. So, oh nah, this ain't your last time up here. Um, being that you you came up here already and saw that it wasn't that bad, this ain't your last time up here. You're gonna be up here. I can promise <laughs> you that. Word, uh, thanks, thanks for inviting me, yo. It was lit. Oops. You're you're my you're my guy. We go back to uh, ECW matches in my house and big stunning <laughs> people in the hallways. But my show, my show is the Dave Chappelle stand up the closer. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Uh, comment in your group chats the real uh, review you give, and uh, tell me what you think. But yeah, Dave Chappelle the closer. Uh, get your excuses ready. Uh, Vic, my guy, thanks again. Yo, and until the next loco night or <laughs> woods adventure, I'll say. Until the next, until the adventure, next adventure. Yeah, next adventure. Hopefully, we see each other soon. You know, oh, no, it's, it's gonna happen. That, yeah. that's, that's gonna happen. But uh, I'm gonna let you go, my guy. I no. shall. Holla. Yeah, holla. Hollywood, man, it's been real. All right, Joe. All right, G. Peace.